0: I'm writing this book, it's called Deeply Defined, and I'm defining all these words about a God who cannot be defined, and His holiness cannot be defined. But our finite minds need to understand enough of what holiness is
1: that we can see Him as much as we can here on this earth. Stay tuned to hear more from Janie Pitts on how she defined the holiest words. Welcome to Positively Joy. Are you living life but feel like something's missing? You've come to the right place. I'm your host, Yvette Walker, and here we discover the true meaning of joy and learn that it's not just a feeling, it's faith. Jesus says in the Gospel of John chapter 15 that we can be filled with the only joy that will complete us simply by abiding in the Father's love and doing His will. This season, we will explore finding joy by walking with God in our everyday lives. Stay with us and hear other stories as they too have walked this path of discovery. Hey friends, I'm planning my speaking calendar and I'm available for your keynotes, church events, workshops, and more. I'm excited to serve you in 2023. Today is a special episode for all you word nerds out there. And believe me, I'm right there with you. Author Janie Pitts decided to dive into the meanings of the words we use in our everyday faith. Words like joy, grace, faith, and holiness. What do they really mean? Janie researched for her book, Deeply Defined, and she will enlighten you and amaze you today. Here's Janie. Hello, Janie. Thank you so much for coming on the show today.
0: Hi, Yvette. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Well, we talked a little bit about this just before we started recording. I'm a bit of a word geek. I'm a bit of a word nerd and a grammar geek. Um, You may not know this. I actually used to be a a former journalist. I'm a former journalist. I've spent my whole career in words. So I do appreciate, I so appreciate that your whole ministry is about defining the words that we talk that we use when we talk about our faith. I mean, that is yes. just so awesome for me. And so, uh, I love that we're going to get into that. We're going to get into your book, Deeply Defined. Yes. But I want to know more about you. So, tell me a little bit about yourself and your faith journey.
0: Yes. All right. Well, I was raised in a Christian home where what my parents said they believed, they actually lived out. Um, I'm the youngest of four, and so it was always very busy. At my house, I grew up. I went to a Christian college. I majored in journalism. And uh, <laughs> you're right. And between my junior and senior year, I was working at a summer camp um, called Centrifuge. And I got called into the ministry. And it was too late to change my major. I did change my minor to religion. And then I, I kept that journalism major. And then I went to seminary and got a seminary degree, got married shortly after. And my husband and I, are both in the ministry, so that's kind of fun. We've been partners for a long time now uh, for Jesus, which is fun. And a couple of years ago, I really felt like the Lord was telling me to write a book. I realized that we as Christians use these words all the time—grace, mercy, holiness, faith. And when people ask, especially who are new believers or haven't yet accepted Christ— Ask what those words are, we really struggle to explain them. And I thought, okay, there's tons of theological books out there that that explain this, but we need one for the common man. So I wrote one, it's called Deeply Defined. And I take those words, but it's not stodgy. It's, you know, it'll make you laugh, it might make you cry. And we use the Greek and the Hebrew and the first century culture to define these words. So we get this rich understanding. And my hope and my prayer is that it deepens the reader's knowledge of the Bible. And so when they read a scripture verse or when they're praying and and they ask for grace or mercy or thank the Lord for His faithfulness, they get a deeper understanding of what it means. So that's, that's the whole reason the book came
1: to be. Mm, Love it. Love it so much. I'm curious. So in your seminary training, did you get any training in Greek and Hebrew? How did you gain that knowledge to be able to use that to talk about the actual definitions of the words that we use? Yes, there's a class called hermeneutics, and what hermeneutics does
0: is it basically, in layman's terms, it just helps you chase down what the words mean, and I loved that class, and so I just always would kind of look up, you know, oh, what is this word in my Bible reading, and I would refer back to my seminary training— and it, it just really makes the Bible come alive. A couple of years ago, too, well, I say a couple, it's been probably over 10 now, my husband and I went to a conference, and it talked about first century culture, and we started realizing that when we understand the culture of the Bible, as well as the Greek and the Hebrew, it opens up the Bible in in such a vivid, bright way that we had never seen before. So all of that put together, I think, is, is the culmination of this book.
1: I agree with you. I love it in, for example, in the Bible app, where before, yes. and they don't, they don't do this for every book, but before some of the books, they will have an introduction where they tell you what was going on at the time and who is the author of this particular book and what it, you know, what what the culture was a little bit. And again, it's we don't have that in front of every book, but I love that because you're right. It really it makes it, it makes it really come to life, as you said. It it deepens it really what I'm you know my understanding of what the author is trying to tell me so I can I can totally understand how understanding that culture would definitely bring you a deeper understanding
0: oh definitely and especially I think we we go back and we we kind of stop at the greek culture a lot. That's just what we've done. Even my seminary training stopped a lot in the Greek culture. But when we go back to that Hebraic culture, we learn it's such an ancient language, the the Mm -hmm. biblical Hebrew. There's only 8,000 words that are used. So one word is used for like 15 to 20 different things, which is neat because it, it gives it, it adds layers and depth to the meaning. And also, because it's such an ancient language, most of the Hebraic words come from things that are something physical or something that you can hold or touch or do. And so it's really neat when you get into the words and find out, oh,
1: this word came from that, and it just grounds you even more. Absolutely. Absolutely. The Positively Joy podcast is a member of the Spark Media Network and can be heard on the Edify app. You know, it's pledge season on some public radio networks. We don't do that here, but we can't exist without your support. Join my friend SP in becoming a Patreon monthly giver. You can give as little as $5 and receive some great benefits. Go to PositivelyJoy.com and click support. So, this is kind of a form of etymology, the study of words, study of language. Yes, but let me ask you a question. So sometimes when I'm reading or i'm or I'm reading I'm reading other people talk about, say, um, uh, an area of the Bible, or I'm listening to someone, and they are they are giving me this this information uh, that's that's more than what I see in the Bible. And I ask myself, how can they know this? Um, Now, you've just said that the that the words are can mean lots of different things. So how do you determine what to pull out of that? Because that's what I'm always wondering. I don't want to do the wrong thing. And I always I always say on this show, I'm no Bible scholar, Um, (laughs) but I but I want to get into it more. And I want to make sure that I'm understanding it in the way God wants me to.
0: Yes. You have to put your research hat on and you want to find, first of all, you need to find some resources that are respected and that you know is good. You don't just want to Google. You know how you're never supposed to Google like medical symptoms (laughs) because you always end up like, you know, with the black plague or something. Okay. Well, it's kind of the same thing. You can Google and there's a lot of stuff out there that just isn't, quite right. And so you really want to get Bible dictionaries, you know, or, or things that are trusted and that have been around for a long time. Um, I use a lot of kind of Hebrew. um, It would be boring for anybody else. I love it, but you really have to dig in there and, and dig it out because it's not conversational. It's not, it's very either theological or a little bit dry, but there's, when you dig, there's these beautiful diamonds in there that you get to pull out. And so I tried to do that in my book for the reader to not make it boring, but to make it fun, but still very, very interesting. And in the book, I actually footnote, if you're interested in that event, Mm-hmm. look at the footnotes because you're going to see where I got a lot of things. And then you can, you know, get those for yourself and, and start looking up as well. I, I encourage people to do that.
1: Oh, excellent. And, you know, I... I feel like I'm, you know, talking to my students now. Don't forget your references. Um, yes. Don't don't use Wikipedia. <laughs> right. No wiki. There is no wiki. Yeah. Yes. Oh yes. no, that's really great, and and that's why you wrote your book, isn't it? You wanted to make it more accessible to everyday yes. person.
0: Yes, I did because it's so important and it's fun and it's exciting. And you learn some things that just blow your mind with joy and excitement. And you want to share it. And we should be excited about our faith. And the more that we understand about it, the more the easier it is to get excited about it.
1: That's so good. So mm-hmm. you have some free resources on your website. You, you take a look at some of the words. And I we're going to talk about joy in a minute, of course, because we have to. Have what, to. Exactly. But what are some of the words that in your research it just kind of blew your mind? The
0: one that blew my mind the most um, is Glory. The word for glory, the Hebrew word for glory comes from battle armaments, and it means weighty or heavy. And the reason why, it also it can mean important, because think of the shields and the bows and, and the swords, They a lot of times they would have the mark of the king on them. Mm. A lot of times we know that like with, with um, Solomon's, they were gold. They were so valuable. And so when we talk about the glory of God, we talk about his importance. We talk about the weight of who he is. And I I love that. And you can pair that glory of the Lord with another word that blew my mind, um, which is the good news. We talk about the good news all the time. And a lot of people know that it goes back to the Greek evangelion. It's where we get our word evangelism. A lot of people know that. But that word is more ancient than that. It goes back to the Hebrew to a word called basar. And basar was a message that you sent from a battle when you had won. And you would send one person back to the town with a message of basar. And it was good news, and it was victory. And so you can see how when we talk about victory in Christ and the glory of God, it goes together. And in English, we miss all of that, but when you go back to the Hebrew, you see, oh wow, those are those are connected. So those two I did not see coming. And I thought they were awesome.
1: No, that is awesome. I I, I wanna I have one question before I, I wanna make a point. Now the good news, people refer to it as the gospel, the good news, and I think in my mind I thought good news was some kind of a translation of the word gospel. Is are they the same? Are they the same things? Yes, that's in there. There's actually a whole
0: chapter in here, and it goes through like I don't even know how many times it morphs. But you know, mm-hmm. the uh, the bazaar is a Hebrew, and then it kind of goes. It went from um, God's spell to gospel, and it was a message of a God, and then it was just a message, and then it was good news. And so that's kind of how it all morphed in, in into the good news. But it's more than just good news. It's the yeah. good news of the victory yeah. that we have in Christ. Christ has defeated sin, and He can defeat sin in our lives and give us victory and freedom and
1: joy so, so my point yeah. goes back to the culture that you just referenced. So I love yes. hearing these two examples, glory and good news, both referred back to a battle, you know, yeah. and um, I love that when we are learning this language uh, and we look at the culture, we we see battles, but we also see um. You know, like the shep the, the kind of lives that they were living, the shepherds and farming, growing yeah. things, the, all those kind of imagery. You know, we see that in in the books of the Bible, and so yes. I imagine you know learning about that culture would be really exciting. I, I love these two words because they they do refer back to that battle. Uh, I there's a I have a favorite song. Uh, by uh, Rita Springer who is a wonderful singer songwriter and she has that line he's never lost the battle you know so I I, I like being able to think about that yeah wonderful wonderful okay let's get to joy so tell me the origins of joy Yes. All right.
0: The origins of joy. Joy that, and I like it best in the Greek. It kind of means the same thing in the Hebrew, but the Greek there's, there is a connection that we need to make which before I started looking into this word, I did not know that this connection was there. The Greek word for joy is chara and it means that which affords joy or pleasure. And actually the word chara, it, it meant a gift that they would give a gift to someone else. But chara has that root of the same word, or it has the root of the word charis. Chara is joy. Charis is grace, mm-hmm. and you can't have you can't have joy unless you live a life of grace, and that grace is I love you anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hebrew picture of grace is a father bending down to help a hurting child, and so if we want to have joy, if we want to have that which affords pleasure and sweetness we have also got to live in grace and those two things are will always be you know t- together
1: i love that and i think that that really syncs perfectly with my concept of joy and especially in in the signature scripture that i use from john 15 and that's yes. the and that's the idea that joy is not just happiness joy you know happiness and being satisfied and content. Um, You know, a guest recently told me that's circumstantial, right. but joy is that everlasting fullness that you feel from the father. And it's the only thing that will make you complete. So I, yes. yeah, so I can, I love that you have connected grace, which the father has so much of and that we, and we yes. should have and joy. That's wonderful. And I love that you connected because John 15, I actually did a retreat this
0: weekend. Um, And we talked about a whole session we did on remain, which Mm -hmm. John 15 is remain, 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 remain. And then that verse 11 says, because you're remaining, your joy will be complete. Mm -hmm. And so I love how you tied in remain with all of that, because we're we're not going to live in grace if we don't live in the grace that the Father gives us.
1: Oh, my goodness. I'm getting goosebumps. That is wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and because the whole reason why we're doing this is because the father, you know, put in my spirit that he wants people to understand what joy is. And if you're not feeling happy or if you're in a situation where you can't see him working or you just think that you aren't being taken care of, um, remain Hang in there. Yes. Abide yes. in his love. Just hang on there. Hang on. <laughs> the joy yes. is joy is coming. And you have to <laughs> and also you have to choose to be in that mindset, don't you? You do.
0: It's you know that choose joy. Yeah. It's really true. And sometimes the only joy that you're gonna have is in the Lord and knowing that he's in control. But that's enough.
1: Yes, yes, know? absolutely. Yeah. So we talked about signature scripture. Tell me yours.
0: Okay. Well, mine has to do with joy. When I was in fourth grade, I read this book. It was called um, The Rainbow Garden or something like that. Anyway, and it kept talking about fullness of joy, fullness of joy. Um, in His presence His fullness of joy. And that is from Psalm 1611. And I love that. And it actually goes right along with remaining because it's in His presence, where we have that joy and where our joy is complete. And I think it's so important that we don't just go to church on Sundays and maybe have 10 minutes every morning of quiet time, but that we include the Lord in every single thing that we do. And when Mm -hmm. we do that, there is an underlying joy, even when life is hard.
1: Mm, Yes, yes. Now, you, you, we talked a little bit about this earlier, and you mentioned um, be still and know that I am God. (sighs) Tell me yes. about what you learned about that. it is it is it is my second favorite you know you know after John 15. it is my second favorite uh, for a couple of reasons, and I think this uh, you know certainly could apply to a lot of people. my you know my brain is going a million miles, you know you'll lay down and go to sleep and you just are thinking about everything. Um, yeah. and even going to prayer, sometimes it is hard for me to have find stillness. So I love that. but tell me what you found out about that particular scripture. Yes. Well, there's there's
0: several things in the book. I chased down three or maybe four different be stills, but the one, the one that I quote to myself almost on a daily basis is the one from Psalms 4610, the be still and no. And the the word be still in Psalm 4610 in Hebrew is Rafa. And the etymology comes from this making two fists as tight as you can, and see how I'm kind of in like a fighter's pose. Yes, uh, and then releasing. Yes, exactly. Okay. And the the rafa is the releasing, mm-hmm. and the be still the rafa means to cease fighting, or to relax, or to let go. And I love that. And you'll see me in my car driving down the street. I'll be at a stoplight if I'm tense and I'll be like, (laughs) and I'll just be opening my fist and, and breathing out and going, okay. Be still and know that he is God. He's got this. I don't have to hold on. I don't have to fight. I can relax. And and the best part about that verse is that it's not just the be still that's so cool, but it's the and know mm-hmm. in Hebrew to know when we think in, in our, you know, uh modern day American culture, if we know something, it's because we studied it, it's because we memorized it, we know it. It's it is cerebral and in our heads. That's not what they meant in Hebrew. In Hebrew, to know something was to experience it. You truly didn't know until you experienced. And so in Psalm 4610, when it says, be still and know, God is saying, look, quit fighting, relax, let go, and experience me. And I love that when you open up your fists, you're now in a posture of worship. You go from this fighting and holding and clinging and tension to this beautiful, just oneness with the Father, where you can worship Him no matter what the situation is. And you can be still and know that whatever it is, even if it's bigger than us, it's not bigger than Him. And I love that. So I daily, I'm doing that. <laughs>
1: I love that. Okay. So let's just take a moment. I want to encourage everybody. I mean, you know, not if you're driving and listening to this, so please be safe, but <laughs> can use one hand. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So let's, let's take a minute, everyone make a fist. And yes. I, I experienced that just a minute ago. Cause I tried that. So make yes. a fist really tight for a couple seconds. Yes.
0: And feel it, and then, feel it in yeah. your arms yes. and your
1: biceps, feel it yes. all your whole body. Mm-hmm. Go then, ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. no. And then release. <sighs> you definitely feel the release. You feel, yes. you feel the tension in your hands go away and in your arms go away. And I, I'm going to try that when my brain starts getting crazy and I can't really focus. Because um, yes. I imagine that probably does send signals to your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for that. That's, you know, that's yes. a nice little tip. I didn't think we were going to get today. That's perfect. Isn't that fun? <laughs> that is fun. Yeah, yeah. It helps you find joy. Right. And yes, it does. Absolutely. because It helps you remain Mm, so good. Yeah. Um, so I like also, when you said that the idea of, of knowing something in this case is experiencing and you are a researcher. So, so I love the fact that you can pull back from that, you know, research proof, but also get into the experience of the spirit and the Lord. You know, we don't necessarily need hard proof. Well, we can't have hard proof. I mean, we can have, we certainly can have experiences in our life where we really see that, you know, something has happened, something has changed. We can see miracles in our life. But when it comes to faith, and and that's the last word I'm going to ask you to describe for me. When it comes to faith, we don't necessarily have a paper, a researched paper on faith, nor should we. So right. tell me about faith.
0: Faith. I love the Hebrew word for faith. The Hebrew word for faith is emunah, which I think is just a beautiful word. Emunah. emunah. It seems emunah. It's, it's soft. It's airy. It's, I don't know, it seems hopeful somehow. But emunah is the word for faith, and it means steadfast, to stand firm, to be sure. So when we talk about living out our faith, it's standing firm in what we believe in, standing firm in the Word of God, standing firm in who we know His character is. You know, our character, we're going to waver. We're going to mess up. He is not. He is unmoving. You know, He is not the created. He is the creator. And when we can have faith in that and stand firm, then we're going to be okay.
1: Wow, and we need that today, don't we? We need we to do. stand firm in our beliefs and in our faith, um, because so many places are trying to, I think, take that away from us. Or the enemy is at work for sure, and um, trying to just get into our heads and uh, and cloud our mind. And so, standing firm in our faith is so important. Love yeah. that. Love that. Okay. Is was there an experience, or when you were doing your research, was there ever an experience um, or when you shared it with someone that there was, I don't know, some kind of understanding that that really needed to happen? Was was there, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say the word miracle? Of course, you could also def- probably find define the word miracle, but was there a miracle? Was there a great uncovering? of truth for someone while you were doing this work? Has that ever happened?
0: You know, I think there was for me. The first three chapters are on holiness, which is terrifying (laughs) to write about. (laughs) I mean, I'm writing this book, it's called Deeply Defined, and I'm defining all these words about a God who cannot be defined. And His holiness cannot be defined. But our finite minds need to understand enough of what holiness is that we can see him as much as we can here on this earth. Mm-hmm. And those first 3 chapters, if I rewrote them once, I rewrote them 20 times. And I bet you because did. Because I did. Because it it was it was almost overwhelming, but it was one of those times where I met the father on this deep level to where it was just kind of this struggle of, I've got to do this right. I can't, you know, like if I, if I screw up grace, you know, that's, that's okay. But I cannot screw up holiness. (laughs) You know what I mean? I (laughs) got to get that right. Um, and so, yeah, for me, that was one of those moments, I think.
1: Wow. That's awesome. So, um, I want to make sure everyone knows where they can get this book. Everyone needs to go out and get it. Um, So go ahead and share your website and where they can find this book. Yes. And I have it. It's right here. A lot of people think that there's limes on
0: it. They're not limes. They're olives. It's an olive branch. And I talk about that in the book. It's symbolic. So there's mm-hmm. a reason uh, for that, but you can get it on Amazon. You can get it at Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, uh, Target.com, Walmart.com. So you can go to any of those places um, and in stores as well. And um, I have a website where this actually was originally before it got flipped into a book. It was written as a six-week Bible study. It was a, a five-day, kind of one of those like Beth Moore style things. But because I'm an unknown, I had to flip it to like a, a chapter book. So what I did is I kept that idea. And if you go on my website, it's JaniePitts.com, J-A-N-E-Y. There are six small group guides for free that you can download and you can take five chapters at a time and you can do it as a small group with your church or with your friends. Um, It's 30 chapters. Other people use it a chapter a day for a month and they do it as their quiet time. So there's a lot of different ways, you know, that you could read the book.
1: And I think that would be great for a small group for sure. Um, Yeah, no, that's wonderful. That's given me a a really big idea. So yes, yes. Okay, Okay. great, great. Um, And where can we find you on social media? Yes, you can go to um, Facebook
0: or Instagram. It's at officialjaniepitts.com. All
1: right. Jenny, I have loved this conversation. And just thank you so much for truly getting in the words. We always say getting in the word, right? But for getting in yes. the words and helping us understand really what these words mean, where the origin stories for these words came from. And we can, we can I think, gain great purpose in that and great understanding. Yes. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Yvette. It has been a joy. Thank you for listening to Positively Joy. Please leave us a review and a ranking wherever you are listening. Special thanks to music composer Morel Sanders and to editor Susan Marie. For more podcasts, go to thejam.online to listen to Journalists Advancing Ministry about journalists who have left media for the ministry. And go to Amazon.com to read Whispering in His Ear, My book of devotions that include life lessons, prayers, and journal writing, along with multimedia songs and spoken word. For Positively Joy t-shirts and other merch, go to PositivelyJoy.com and click shop.